Welcome, welcome to the business of personal brand photography. My name is Paula Brennan. Of course, I'm your host coming to you from sunny Australia. And I have decided this week to bring in a student because I think sometimes you can get a little bit sick of hearing my voice. And I wanted to talk to one of my really proactive students, Nikki McLennan from Lion and Cub Photography. Now, Nikki's only been working with me for a really short time, but I'm really impressed with her progress that's happened like really, really quickly. So I was keen to bring her in so that we could have a little bit of a chat, not talking only about mentoring and working together, but also talking about offering a hybrid style of shoot because Nikki is predominantly a family and boudoir photographer who's introducing branding into her market and I really wanted to chat with her about how she is starting to move into offering a hybrid shoot so people can come in and not just have one genre or the other but they can have a little bit of everything all in the one photo shoot. So very excited to welcome Nikki to the podcast. Hey Nikki welcome to the show thanks so much for coming. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Fantastic. So Nikki, I want to just get a reverse up a tiny touch first and just get a little bit of history. So how long have you actually been photographing professionally for? I've been photographing professionally for 23 years. Started with a degree at National Art School in Hearst and it was a major in photography, photo media, painting was my minor, but we also had to study art history That was my second degree because I had tried to study law at Sydney University and I got sort of halfway through that, but I really became interested in fine arts and painting and photography. So when I was, um, I graduated in the year 2000 and I started working straight away, but it was still film. I was still using film and shooting roles, mostly for acting schools and uh, some friends who had businesses that were selling ballpaper, the Florence Broadhurst range. And I had a little studio space in Surrey Hills. Um, and then I got to go digital, you know, shortly afterwards, but I was excited to go digital. It wasn't like I was concerned by it at all. Yeah. yeah I think you're probably similar to me when you, I started around the same time in 99. And so I had a really short run on film. And even though I love film, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was holding onto it because I'd been shooting it for so long. Hey. Yeah, yeah. When we were at art school in third year, if we did an assignment, we had to shoot at least two or three rolls of film and we were only allowed to pick maybe one or two photos from each roll. So that I guess that was to avoid some students thinking they could just quickly shoot a roll of film and that was it. You had to show that progression. But getting uh, having to be good at getting the shot in camera was really important. Mm. But it was also I saw film as like the whole process in the darkroom, printing and you know, looking for an end result as a fine art portrait, something that would go on a wall, something to be seen. But I was excited to go back to film only when I was traveling by myself, because I found that I had a camera then that um, no one wanted to steal. (laughs) And it was like a secret (laughs) weapon because it was like this heavy camera. But yeah, in some countries, children would run around to look at the back of the camera and there was nothing there to show them, which was quite sweet. This was in Bolivia and places in South America. That's very cool. That's very cool. Gosh, that's how that's sort of changed so quickly. Hey, um, so yeah. you're coming, you're coming at your career from a different place than I'd say like maybe 80% of the photographers that I know. So you've come with a degree, you've got 
you know, you've got the, I'd say the chomps, if you want to say, like in the, the, the training different to what a lot of photographers have when they first maybe just pick up a camera and start photographing their babies. And then suddenly are shifting into doing portraits and things like that. Do you find that that has helped you to maybe have more confidence in the way that you operate as a business owner compared to other photographers, you know? Oh, definitely. Because I had training from a perspective of uh, fine art training initially. When I was at National Art School, our teacher, we had three female teachers and there was only 10 of us. So we were really lucky to have a huge perspective there. We also were in um, Darlinghurst. So we was always going to Roslyn Oxley 9 and the Australian Centre of Photography. Our excursions were all within walking distance. So we really looked at photography from a perspective of contemporary art um, so that was kind of the training there in really looking at composition, lighting, and how to create a beautiful image. Um, Cindy Sherman, you know, was a huge influence. But then my first working for other photographers was training with Vanessa Forbes from Absolute Photography. So she trained me in how to pose newborns, which meant that I was learning um all sorts of beautiful tricks on using a bed, window light, using beautiful velvet grey backdrops and, you know, a single light reflectors. But yeah, definitely heaps of training. I didn't learn how to run a business, that's for sure, but I learned how to take the photos from and these people. And I guess people. that's where I wanted to move into because I think <laughs> that that's, it's, a, it's one thing that I think a lot of photographers struggle with is that they feel underqualified because they didn't go to university, but a lot of what running your business is about is not necessarily what you would get taught at art school either, right? No, definitely not. So our art school was all about um, fine art photography. The University of Technology had a course that was all about the technical aspects of lighting. So a lot of their graduates actually went straight into working because they could light, you know, they teach you how to light an apple all different ways, whereas our one was how do you make an apple look artistic um, but yes, we didn't learn anything about running a business. It was actually kind of, I would be sitting in the room editing the photos I'd taken, trying to listen in to see what they were doing in the sales room <laughs> to see which, you know, trying to predict which of my photos were going to sell and what they might buy. But I could never figure out how to use ProSelect. At what stage uh, in your career did you go out to, on your own in business? So when I was 36, my I had my first baby I had been working as a high school teacher because I had the previous degrees. I only needed to study for 12 months to become a high school teacher uh, based on the previous study. So I became a photography, English and visual arts teacher. And I was teaching at Dulwich Hill High School, which is a selective school for visual arts. So it was a good fit. But once I had my baby, I decided I didn't want to go back to full-time work being a teacher I did take a lot of photos of him, but then it was um, Vanessa that offered me a position part-time, worked really well. You know, I'd just work a few hours on the weekend. And then as my baby got older, I started doing the editing. Um, but yeah, I didn't know really how to do any of the marketing. And that was when I opened my own business, maybe a few years after that. This is my um, 11th year in business. Okay, great. So you've been working professionally for 23 years, mm. 11 of those are in business. And from what I can understand that you were talking about there, it feels like a lot of what you've learned about photography actually didn't come probably from, from being a professional photographer has actually come from working with other people and getting taught more on the job, right? Does that sound? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
getting taught on the job. You know, I think the working as a wedding photographer prepares you for being able to quickly negotiate changing situations like um or the ability to turn up to any spot and find the best spot to take the photos with the lighting conditions also when something goes wrong like a car accident on the way to the wedding or uh just sort of rolling with the punches I think that was really good training I also Mm. think working with families too like negotiating people's emotions um learning how to kind of involve the dad who might not really want to be there, making sure I ask him lots of questions about how he'd like the photos to be. I think I've just learned a lot from um, really a lot from the other photographers I've worked with. Yeah. I I know the same to be true. A lot of the best lessons that I've got is actually being as, as come from being on the job. And so I want to just take take us back then. So 11 years ago, you decide to open your own business. You've got all of this training from working with other businesses on how to manage shoots, how to shoot, how to light, how to do all of that sort of stuff. What happened when it came to running your own business? How did you find that when it came to actually having to market and sell yourself? How did you sort of arrive in that position and how did you feel about all of that? Uh, It was um, very difficult because I I couldn't seem seem to settle on a price list. I sometimes change the pricing based on what I thought they could afford or what I felt like they might want to pay, which was a terrible way to run a business. Um, I also had trouble kind of working out what to sell. I knew that I, I mean, I was very passionate about wall art, so I knew that that's what it was, but there was a quite a lot of uh, overwhelming choices out there. Um, so I didn't, I had no idea how to sort of keep a consistent package price list Nikki, I know you're not alone with that because so many photographers struggle with pricing. I know myself, I struggled with it. Was there anything that you did or has there anything that you've action that you've taken which helped you to overcome your issues with pricing? Is it still something that you're struggling with now? Um, Yeah, it is because I, I feel like I've got my pricing is set now for my family portraits, but I'm still dilly-dallying a bit with my boudoir price list and also personal branding price list. I've noticed that I keep, sometimes I think it should just be the same, but then my mind says, well, oh no, maybe it shouldn't be because the boudoir clients aren't going to want big pieces of wall art and neither are the personal branding clients. So I still think about that because, you know, giving away 50 digital files, you would not do that with a family. So I feel like I do need the separate price list. It's um definitely something that I struggle with still, but definitely gotten better with. Um, and yeah, it's a bit a different of different product. And that, as well. that's the, mm. I, I would say it's a different product, and I yeah. think that that's I. You're not the only person that I know that's had this uh, this dilemma because when we get wedding photographers coming into the personal brand space, they feel like they need to really reduce their prices because they're used to giving thousand images, not just 50 or hundred images. And I know for portrait clients, when you've got a product, a physical product, it can be really difficult to look at a digital file as a product. Do you know? Yes. (laughs) But I think the thing is, is we've got to sort of get our like commercial heads on with this and understand that one single image used correctly in a marketing campaign for a client can bring them hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of eyeballs and revenue, you know, 
And so I think that's the that's the the line that you've got to sort of skirt on a little bit when it comes to pricing and locking in the personal branding prices because yeah. it's a def, it is a different product. I'd also challenge you too to to I wonder do boudoir maybe some of them would want big prints on the wall. I've walked into many houses um, particularly in Sydney, when I worked in Sydney, where there was large photographs of a woman in her wardrobe, you know, or her and her partner in in the bed in the bedroom, that that is a thing. I've I've seen that in the boudoir market before. Yeah, I'd love to sell more of it. I've um, just noticed some of the clients are younger, and they said don't seem to think past uh, digital files. But of course, you know, I need to show them what's possible. So I have got some displays, but I've I've definitely focused a lot on my family portraits and my products there, but I'm looking to build this with my boudoir and personal branding so I can have clear products or, you know, like you said, distinctions. That's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to your coaching because I realized, I didn't realize straight away, but that there's quite a lot of overlap between boudoir and personal branding. The whole experience of making a woman feel amazing, offering hair and makeup, really listening to what she wants and then getting really excited with them about planning what to wear. Obviously a little bit more clothing in personal branding, but it really <laughs> is so similar. It's, um, you know, that experience, it's make about them making themselves feel good sort of for personal branding to project out into the world. But still, it's about feeling good within yourself so that you can either represent your brand or just feel the love you, sh- you need to have for yourself. Something that um, really interests me yeah. about your demographic too is you've shared with me through um, our sessions that you have uh, clients who are particularly sort of coming from the pole dancing world and you mentioned to me once, and I don't know if this is okay to say, but some people are probably using it for things like um, OnlyFans and that kind of stuff as well, which is a very, it, it's, that to me means that they're marketing themselves, right? This is, it's a personal branding. Oh, yes, thing. True, Even true. if it is a boudoir shoot, it's still a personal branding session effectively because they've still got to market themselves. And I yeah. I cannot tell you how many conversations I'm having with people about OnlyFans and how huge that um that particular platform's become and how many people are on there i think that's a huge market for personal branding if you've got yeah if you've got boudoir chomps you know what i mean (laughs) yeah definitely they need to have a really an amazing picture to uh peak interest you know and it's the same with um some of the higher class escorts you know they have their own websites actually so they need more than one image so i've worked with um ladies and men who um who need those kind of photos and it, it's always wonderful because they they really are invested in in the whole process so and so the, a lot of the training you know I've had with you it's just been brilliant because I've been wanting to work on my boudoir for such a long time I've always focused on lion and cub photography and lioness photography has been like this fun sister brand the creative side project but it really does make my heart sing it's like pure creativity I can put gels on the lights I can um really experiment especially with the pole dancing too because it's um so random you know like their hair flicks and I don't know how fast they're going to go when they spin around um sometimes their heels spike the back of the paper roll like it's always fun and a lot of laughter and then there's lots of stretching in between so I have to you know keep moving my lights and backgrounds around but yeah 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me now that we've sort of like, you know, made this connection because I think for anybody that's listening to this, that is doing any kind of boudoir or glamour or anything like that, this there's quite a niche market in this space within, you know, like, and I, I mean, you know, Nikki, we've been working really hard to work on your niche market and to really get clear on that in your coaching sessions. And I think this is something that a lot of people just don't recognize these markets. And I think, wow, if you were to run some ads to uh, a younger demographic of women who, you know, perhaps like for the likes of the OnlyFans or the Escort or something like that, how many people are actually marketing to them for photography? Like I wouldn't say there's a huge abundance of people that are doing it, but what a massive market that exists there. Yeah, that's a that's really true because I think a lot of people might do the DIY photo or ask a friend to do it. So the photo is probably going to be, you know, not that great. So imagine how much a professional one would stand out. So I think that that would be a and key this part. Is the thing, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It's all about, you know, it's educating them too. It's like as the platform grows, the competition is getting harder on there, I'm sure, to get eyeballs, right? And so, yeah. like you say, they need to stand out. It's the same like... Years ago, you could sort of get away with subpar imagery on your website and on your Instagram pages when it was sort of still, you know, being online was still a relatively new thing. But in the last sort of five to 10 years, everybody's had to up their game because if you land on someone's website and you can tell that the photographs on their website have been taken from their DSLR or worse again, that they use, it's all stock images. It's just, it's just not the same first impression as someone who's invested in like professional personal brand images, right? Definitely. Yeah. And it's almost like the, the request for a LinkedIn portrait. So many times people have said, oh, can I bring another outfit and maybe do a, a another photo? And then when they arrive, it's actually, they really want a really good shot for their dating profile. And so I've had quite a few shoots that have turned out that way. And I'm always delighted when they tell me that's what they want. Um, so for one lady, it was, you know, she was a psychologist, but then the next part of the shoot, she was in her yoga gear doing these amazing yoga poses because she wanted to show that she was extremely flexible and, you know, fitness was a priority. So yeah, I love these hybrid shoots. And that's a term that you taught me. And I think like I hadn't thought of how I could do that in my business, but that's why I'm really grateful for your insight into what I can do that is going to work for me. And and that is this, I love this idea, the hybrid shoot. They can come in and have their hair and makeup for a personal branding shoot or a boudoir shoot and then bringing in the family at the end. Or you do some personal branding photography and then they might want to, you know, have a sexy photo at the end with their favourite lingerie under their best coat or, you know, like a fantasy photo, something that's maybe it is for them. Maybe they'll show their girlfriend straight away. Maybe they print it and keep it somewhere. Like I love the idea of looking back at photos when you're an elderly lady looking at yourself. Like I do now looking at photos of me in my 20s going, why was I worried about wearing crop tops? I wish that I wore them every day now. But even when you're older looking back at yourself at this age, you'd be like, wow, you know, doing so much. I was so busy. And I think here's I'm the so thing glad I have this photo. humans and women particularly, we're not one dimensional, especially when we get to a certain age, your interests are so varied. I mean, that woman that you were saying there that, you know, she was getting professional photos, but she also wanted to have some photos in a yoga pants. I think that 
a lot of the time when we're pitching ideas to clients is we're actually trying to box them in. Is it going to be a boudoir shoot or is it a glamour shoot or is it a personal brand or is it a headshot shoot? And it's like, why can't it just be a photo shoot that celebrates all of it? Do you know, like we're talking about this whole idea of a hybrid. So I think for, if you're, if right now you're kind of like mulling over packages and you sort of think, I think the way to go about this is to market to lots of different uh, sort of styles of shoots and, and styles of images that you can create for your clients, but don't box them in with any particular uh, language around the style that the shoot needs to be. Don't dictate to them what it has to be. Allow them to come to you with ideas and be open to to just accepting and to working and to enjoying, as you say, enjoying the creative challenge of bringing it all, to, bringing all of the parts of them together. Because I tell you what, when I'm 90 years old, I want to look back and see that I did 30 different things in that year, not just one. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. So like maybe I used to wonder like what to put on LinkedIn, but I've changed it now to portrait photographer rather than family portrait or, you know, families, weddings, corporate, like it's, I'm just, yeah, a portrait photographer. I can photograph anyone at any stage of their life and make them look and feel beautiful. That's the kind of thing I'm really working towards now with all the experience. I can talk to babies and mothers because I've had two children. I feel like I can do the well, I used to do pole dancing myself. I mean, I, I I have a pole in my studio, so I can still practice. It's just a bit cold at the moment, but um, I'll get back there. But yeah, there's like all these different personas have really helped me relate to all these different people. So yeah, I'm excited, but I'm so excited now to have some more help with putting the packages together and working out, you know, mini sessions and setting up my calendar so that my week makes more sense. Um, only shooting two days a week instead of making myself available for four days a week. Yeah. Yeah, And I think this is something that I've loved about working with you, Nikki, is that you're a, you're a complete action taker. So like, you're like a star student because anything that I suggest in a session a week later, it's done. Like you've, you've done it, you've created it. You've, you've, you've taken the, the massive action to get things done. And it's funny that sometimes the massive action is not huge. It's just changing the availability in the, in the calendar, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a bit of coaching before, like for different um, aspects of my business. I do love studying too, like the lifelong learner. That's why I thought teaching would be good for me because you're always learning. But then it was actually just being in a system and having, you know, overcrowded classes and there was too many things wrong with that. But um. I've never stopped studying and, and, you know, I love being part of a group. I like being part of a smaller group though, where we actually get things done on the call. I feel like that's just amazing. And and learning how to use quite complicated software, like the, you know, CRMs like Studio Ninja and 17 Hats. It's like, it's a bit like Photoshop. There's like so many different ways to do the one thing mm-hmm. and you can just do the basics, but learning automations, um, that was sort of my goal this year to set up automations and also to get a, a second virtual assistant who can help me with other parts of my business. But with, you know, some of the excellent templates you provided, I can pass them to my VA to get done and then she sends them back and then I can add the final touches, which avoids me going down a wormhole in Canva for a few days, just like fiddling, trying to get along with the um, actual thing like booking in the settling on the prices, working out the cost. How much is this going to cost me? How much do I need to make? 
the kind of questions that I've naturally avoided because, um, you know, it's not particularly creative, but obviously as I get older and my time is more important, I did just used to work all the time, but now I want to work a little bit less and spend more time with my cutie pies. My, my five-year-old is five now. He's not as squidgy as he was a year ago. His cheeks are getting smaller. And um, I just want to really try and looking at, you know, making sure I don't have to work all through the school holidays. So Things coming like back that. to that whole idea of like Ooh. setting up the automations and stuff. So for those of you who are listening, Nikki's just come through our done with you training for the mini sessions. So this was setting up like mini, a, a day where we, you know, you, she, she can book between four to maybe six shoots in a day. And so we took it through, didn't we, Nikki, together and with a group of like-minded Ooh. photographers, we all hit the hard stuff together. But But what was your experience of learning like that? Oh, it was great because we had um, like a demonstration, even though it was in a software that I don't use, but the steps were the same. So it was amazing. And then to be partnered with someone who has the same software as me was brilliant because then we contacted each other afterwards and said, did you get that part? Oh, yeah, you've got it. Oh, oh my God, you can do that. And she showed me other things that I wasn't using, um, like the client portal and the online scheduling. So, yeah, amazing. And then getting it all done in the call or mostly done, but then being able to go back and watch it again in the replay. I like the fact that the the women were in different countries, some of, and different states. So it didn't feel like we're all rolling out the same campaign at the same time. But of course, I love the fact that the skills I learned are transferable to the other genres in my business. So mini sessions for personal branding, tick mini sessions for pole dancing, mini sessions for boudoir and of course I'd already had done mini sessions for Christmas and uh, Mother's Day but you know it could even be a day of express headshots like I love the fact that once we set up this template we can just tweak it and then we can have separate landing pages you know that people can go to and that was another huge thing for me was this learning about these high converting landing pages that I just didn't have on my uh, WordPress site. I mean, I thought my landing pages were beautiful, but really they weren't that converting that well. It was actually sending out to my database on my newsletter, Christmas minis are coming or this and that. And then I'd get bookings that way. It was rarely from the landing pages that I'd lovingly created. They probably were too slow to load or something. So I've yeah. learned a whole new system through Paula's training. <laughs> Thanks, darling. Hey, That's look, all right. Well, so <laughs> what I loved, I guess the, what I loved about watching you guys in the group for this one, um, and, you know, I've been doing sort of coaching for a while, but I've really become quite acutely aware that a lot of the time I can give you a lesson and you mean to get to it, but there's no real sort of accountability. And so what often would happen for me is that I would sort of like give, give everybody access to a bunch of videos to watch in a week. And then a week later we'd get on a call and everybody felt like a failure because they actually hadn't gotten to take action. Right. Whereas with this live sort of style training, I love the fact that I can sit in the room with you and, and I can watch whether you're doing it or not. And I can actually sort of say, <laughs> I go, hang like on, why wit. aren't you working on this? <laughs> right now what's going on what's what's happened and I know that at the end of the call as you said you've actually completed a whole chunk of building something that's repeatable and rinsable in your business which is my favorite thing about this this style of training yeah it's excellent like because I um 
have been wanting to look at using the online scheduling within the CRM, there was lots of things that I was sort of wanting to get around to doing. And then, you know, there'd be another email saying there's training for this and that, or you can pay for, and I'd be like, but I've got to do this. So I never kind of would learn it. So I learned a lot. Um, and I really love now that I've got a friend in Sydney that I've made through the course, but she's in a completely different demographic. Like her clients are not my clients. So um, that even though she's not that far away, it's just really great to have, well, I've got two accountability buddies, really. I've got one in New Zealand too, which is amazing because we've had a few Zooms and just laughed, but really helped set each other up with testing things. Like, can you check that that all works? the old, you know, pay a dollar and make sure that the booking went through, things like that, which I learned from you as well. <laughs> um, well, how to the thing. everything. This is the thing is, is I think a lot of the time when you're working on your own, you can just hit brick walls, right? And and what what I know from my experience of, you know, trying to work a lot of this stuff out on my own was, as you said before, is I'd end up in the bottom of a rabbit hole and I could often sit in that for four, six, eight weeks and not get out of it because things just got too challenging or too hard or or whatever. Whereas when you're in these sorts of group style learning environments, I think it's great because as you say, we buddied everybody up. So everyone had someone to keep them sort of accountable outside of the, the lessons, but also too, you can quickly get unstuck because you can just ask a question and someone in the group can answer it. If I don't know the answer, someone has piped up with the answer. The chats are going crazy in the Zooms with everybody sort of like sharing stuff with each other. Like to me, that's what our industry needs again is that real communicate like like community style of learning together gosh I could nerd out all day talking about um photography and I really like having new people to do it with it's lovely <laughs> it's a nice little community that we've got um yeah, I great. wanted to just ask you about because you obviously have done the the minis training and the done for you campaign you got one of those I know at Christmas time as well um, we were having a chat the other day and I thought it was really beautiful. Like uh, guys, you need to know when we were on a call the other day for, uh, for the membership and we were on one of our group calls, I noticed Nikki just disappeared from her chair for a minute and then she comes back down and she's booked a photo shoot from the campaign that we're working on. <laughs> yeah. And it was a double whammy because it's the husband is coming as well. So it was like two for one. Well, I mean, they both pay, but yeah, it was like a double booking. It's delightful. I loved it. As I said, like, and you use the word synchronicity is like Nikki's taking massive action in her business right now. And I'm going to say like, you know, financial in the financial climate that we're in at the moment, I think a lot of photographers could be sitting there and freaking out a little bit and maybe in not in action because they don't know where to look, but Nikki's taking really massive action. And you said the word synchronicity to me the other day, which I thought was beautiful that she just feels like um, you know, I think th that things are moving forward, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You, you, you can't sort of, you know, it's that thing where attention goes, energy flows. So I'm focusing on um, with Paula, like really figuring out what my particular, what I can offer. And it's, I've got a very amazing creative space to, that I shoot from at Tortuga Studios. I'm upstairs in the area and there's, you know, soaring ceilings, brick walls. I'm across the road from Sydney Park. I've got back streets full of graffiti. I've also got, um, there's just endless possibilities. So 
Um, but Paula really honed in on that and said that my work is very unique and very creative. So maybe I should be marketing to those more creative people. And that was on the, another call, a different one to what you were talking about. I just picked a photo of a lady with red hair on a graffiti wall. And then she called me and uh, wants to book me for her 20th anniversary shoot, a couple shoot with a husband. And that was another moment of synchronicity. So it's like the more you sort of focus on, on something and trying to get something achieved, like the work will come. So there are the mini sessions for people who don't feel like they can spend a lot. They don't know what they want until they see, they see the photo anyway. They might think, oh, yeah, I just want a few shots, but then you can always upsell. And so that's why um, I'm just really glad that I have done coaching for a while now and really learned how to upsell and how to use ProSelect and how to, you know, know when to what to offer people with products. So it's all so worthwhile. If you're listening right now, I'm going to be honest and listening to what we're talking about. I think a lot of what we're talking about could seem overwhelming or intimidating, but what I'm working with Nikki to do now is we're refining her marketing calendar down so that that way she can have clear focus on any given month of where your attention's going. And it doesn't mean that the other products are not for sale during this time, but it just means that she can focus her attention on one particular market for a specific amount of time, however long it needs to be. And then that will just help her to feel don't you think, Nikki, I think that's going to help you to feel less overwhelmed around this whole kind of like concept of having to do marketing? Yeah, I do think so. Like picking, you know, um, Valentine's Day is relevant for me with the boudoir. Mother's Day, I do a business to business collaboration that's been going for a few years now. So that's rinse and repeat, literally. We just, we have flyers without a date on them so that we can just put them back up. Um, and we and have. That's, and that's the thing, guys, yeah. is it's like mm. as simple as you can make all of this stuff so that it is re repeatable because you don't want to every year feel like you have to build out this huge mammoth of a, of a campaign or anything like that. If you can just pick up the emails that you sent last year and give them a bit more of a relevant twist, if you can, you know, recycle the concepts in the social media posts that worked, like it's just about, it's really about not feeling like you have to recreate the wheel because the audience changes and moves on. Like the, the women that you're marketing to for newborn shoots this Mother's Day, they're not going to have newborns next year. There's going to be a whole new influx of new clients coming through, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I love when clients have come back to me. So a um, lady recently, she's had a maternity shoot. She, with her second second child, she had one shoot in her home because she wanted to show her beautiful house because it was finished being renovated. And then she did a shoot in the studio, which was all about her little four-year-old daughter as a ballerina. And I have a beautiful vintage suitcase full of tutus. And that was all about just me and my daughter before I have my second child. But she recently came back to me. Um, she's being interviewed by The Good Weekend. She's a scholar, Rhodes scholar. She needed some personal branding photos. So it was the third shoot. And um, she just knew that I could do all of those things. But I've literally served her at different stages of her life. Mm -hmm. And I think um, through the newsletter, um, that's something that I can, you know, I guess people might open the newsletter out of curiosity to see what it is or maybe just one photo a beautiful photo. But yeah, I've noticed um, that that's something that I can really offer women and men to at different stages of their lives. So I think a lot of that. my, a lot of the photographers that I talk to are like, you know, if they're transitioning from like weddings or families or newborns, a lot of the time they're worried that they don't have 
like, you know, that they're going to turn off their clients or they're going to, you know, they're going to annoy them if they start talking about personal branding. And I'm like, do you know how many people in your database who follow you, who already love you because they've already had a photo shoot with you probably need to get some professional photos for some, in some capacity, whether it's just for their LinkedIn profile, or whether it's because they're building a new business, they're already there. They already love you. Like it's, you know, that they're probably willing to come along the journey with you. Don't discount them. Don't discount your your current audience if you're shifting into this space, right? You've just proved it. But yeah, one thing I really love about the platform that you're teaching on is this Academy Plus platform. Mm. So for example, this photo shoot recently, it was at Sydney University, but it was raining and, you know, I'd come from another job straight away. So I'm like, oh gosh, you know, driving there, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And then I remembered the shot list. So, you know, I could just quickly look at my phone and see, um, you know, go-to poses for that are going to work, you know, and I had them on my phone, just glancing at them. That was so helpful. And I just like that I can also look at the lighting slide deck as well for like inspo just before a shoot. I feel like you've kind of thought about what's going to be useful for the photographer that they can reference, you know, before a shoot to sort of set it up, even if you're running short on time, you know. And I like the fact that it's not on Facebook because that's, um, you never really sort of get much done when you're on Facebook, let's face it. <laughs> it's just a whole lot of distractions. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I got rid of all my Facebook groups that were attached to anything at the end of, well, at the start of the year, because for me, I lose a lot of time if I go into Facebook trying it because I, I was missing messages as well coming through on the notifications, whereas mm. now the whole community chat, our entire chat, our whole community lives on the app, which is on people's phone. If you want to connect into it, you can go in, you can see the notifications very simply. You can ask a question. You don't get lost going looking for the answer. Like for me, that was the biggest plus about moving and shifting away from that Facebook at Facebook group community. Cause I think I'm a member of about 50 or 60 Facebook groups. And I think I'll go into them zero times. Do you know? <laughs> I just yeah, I know. Anymore. I've been in a few where there's like seven days of training and then couldn't find when the next one was going to be and then getting behind and feeling uncomfortable about that. But this was easy. I know exactly where to find what I need to know and it's right there. And also um, the social wall, like, showing other people a landing page that's almost ready. Can someone have a look at it? And it's so good to get that feedback or even feedback on the short bio of yourself. Mm. You know, like Nicky McLean has been talking blah, blah, blah. It sounds so boring. Like how can I make this sound interesting and, you know, not about the where I went to uni or the awards I've won, like what you said, you need, they want to know what you can do for them. It's yeah. nice to be able to have that feedback loop, I think, from people who are in the industry, but also from, a, as you said, across the world. So I lo- that's what I love too. I think it's great when I can see everybody supporting each other. It, it doesn't feel like you're in direct competition with anybody in the room. Oh, definitely. That's diverse. a big plus for me because some of the other groups I've been in have been, you know, a little bit too big. But this one feels it's perfect because um, getting to know the other ladies, I love looking at their websites and I also like seeing how people have taken the same uh, same information but then made it their own and, and sort of like how can I make this landing page more about me and that's what we've been really working on, like the kinds of photos that I'm showing um, of my ideal client instead of maybe just showing the most attractive lady with blue eyes. Maybe I need to show 
you know, a more realistic portrait of a lady, um, what a lady looks like at this age or someone with, you know, an artist. Like I definitely work with a lot of artists, like, not, like illustrators or designers of some sort and that's the people I really like looking, uh, working with. And, yeah, the clients that light you up. See, before I used to just photograph anyone who would pay me, but now I'm a little bit more decisive. Mm. I think that's an interesting um, place to come to in your career too is if you if you can start to really look at your business as as something that serves your life rather than you needing to serve your business. Does that make, like that distinction yeah. for me was was huge and it was like, hang on, this is my business. I get to run this on my own terms. I don't have to let it run me like it did for me for so many years. So I think that that's where I'm really sort of passionate about helping other people to sort of step into that space and really feel confident in how they're pricing themselves to serve their life, not to serve what somebody else expects to pay or what you think someone else can afford. Because there's always going to be people that can afford $10 and then there's going to be people who can afford $10,000. But it's not the dollar amount that matters. It's not, if they don't see the value in the transaction, they're not going to buy it, right? Like I don't, yes. I, I will not spend $10 on something if I can't see $10 worth of value. Do you know? Yes. $100, <laughs> doesn't matter what the number is. It's whether I can see the value in it. And so I think as photographers and Nikki, you've definitely hit your stride in your career now where you are really starting to value not only your craft and the investment in your, in your learning and everything like that, but you're also really starting to um, like value your own time. Mm. and the time away from your babies and the time that you've got left to, to be able to do, to work at this capacity, do you know, and I'm not saying we're counting down the, the, the clock on ourselves, but I'm, I'm the same age as you. And I'm honestly starting to look at it and I'm going, well, I think I've got probably 10 good years of shooting like I do, right? What am I going to do with that? Am I going to spend it working with people that I don't like and people who are going to keep trying to bargain me down? Or am I going to find the people that absolutely light me up, feed my soul and make it exciting for me to leave my daughter and go to work? So yeah. I'm going to just ask you one more question, Nikki, I guess if anybody's sort of like sitting on the fence about doing it, like getting a mentor or getting somebody to help them, what would you say to them? Because I know you have worked with quite a few different people. Um, and so and I know for me, like, and I, I say this all the time, like, you know, the times that I've invested in working with someone to help me to get unstuck have definitely been the best years and best investment that I've made in my business. So what would you say if you, you know, if someone was sitting on the fence about choosing to work with a mentor? Uh, I think that it can only be a good investment. Um, I It's been so helpful for me from things like learning how to sell really well to setting up um, prices and products for family portraits to working on my ideal lifestyle and starting to think about how that can help me as more of a holistic approach rather than just business, business, business. Um, I've done some coaching on sort of mindset as well, which, you know, I needed to because I was always um, doubting how much I could charge working on my values, you know, there's so much you can gain from it. It can only help you in your business. And even if you, from the coaching, then get confidence to raise your prices, then the coaching pays for itself very quickly. And then you have um, a better feeling about yourself and your business and ways that you can evolve. I mean, we've had so many challenges um, as small business owners, but as soon as you sort of start to doubt that people are going to pay for it or want what you sell, then it's just, you may as well not be in business. You may as well just go and get it. I think coaching can remind 
you started it in the first place, but it can also help you um, refine it and then be really proud of what you've got to offer with confidence. And of course, the accountability is brilliant too. Like I, I've always liked having homework to do, but um, having like, this is what you need to do before our next session, you know, really helpful. So yeah, I'm just so glad that I'm here now. It's been years. I've been flirting with the idea of joining and I'm just so glad I did. It's just been amazing. So good. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. a conversation a couple of years ago and then you just kept floating around. I just kept seeing you coming coming back into orbit. <laughs> yeah, I never really and left. And when you orbit. jumped onto the minis training, I was like, yes, she's here because uh, like I think that that was the perfect course for you at the perfect time too. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking, you know, like people, you know, if sure, like there's more pressures on families' budgets now. So maybe that's what I need to do. I need to work out how to really offer a mini session, not just at Christmas time. I want to offer these more regularly. I've seen other photographers do it really successfully, but I couldn't figure out what my missing ingredient was. And then I'm like, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I mean, I mean, it was like, I didn't even have to go and make a coffee and think about it. It was like, I just pressed, you know, yes. And then <laughs> once I got in, I realized, oh my God, look at all this other stuff. Um, look at this group that's really committed to helping each other um, and genuinely interested in what the others are doing. And there's not a competitiveness there because we're all spread out, which I think is great. You know, Sydney's got a lot of photographers in it, but um, none, there's no one around here doing this. So I'm, I'm absolutely stoked about that, but really focusing on what I can offer in the inner West of Sydney, something for all the creative types, something for the hipsters, something for the, you know, there's something for everyone, really. The sex workers, the new parents, the um, business owners. I've got something that I can offer them all with my wonderful portrait skills. So I'm feeling really confident about the future. So, Nikki, for those people who um, might be listening at home and they want to have a look at your epic retro style and they might want to have a look, check out your studio, where can we send them to? So I have Lion and Cub Photography. The website is www.lionandcub.photography. And then I have Lioness Photography and then Instagram is at Lion and Cub Photography or at Lioness Photographer with an R. So we'll be so popping the links for those into the show notes. So if you want to just click wherever you're watching, listening to this, you'll be able to, to connect with Nikki and, and have a little gander at what she's, all the beautiful stuff she creates for people. Well, I think we might wrap it up there, Nikki, because we've been going for ages. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure that we'll probably have you back again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful experience. It's um, lovely to be the person uh, speaking because I've listened to all your podcasts and I, I love them. I love like client spotlight podcasts and also people who've worked with you. I've listened to those and um, for me to be that person now is, is thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> when you're so salty, I still